Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we're releasing another bonus episode. This is my recent appearance on the Ketones and Coffee with Lauren's podcast. This was episode 93, which was released on September 12th of 2022. The title of this episode is called Why We Should Focus Less on Calories. I think this is a really interesting story and something that a lot of people misunderstand and something that I realized what got me to low carbohydrate to begin with was my work using metabolic carts for over a decade. So basically what we were taught to do is understand how people were burning calories and we were measuring that through these metabolic carts. We were understanding how people could best utilize heart rate monitors to be able to train in the proper zones. Generally speaking, we found that most people are training in zones that are way too high and they need to really back off and and go easier to burn more fat. But also the impact that low carbohydrate diets would have on the metabolic rate, even when people were just resting. The more people that started doing low carbohydrate diets or even started things like intermittent fasting were just experiencing a much better fat burn and also a much higher metabolic rate, which I found so interesting and and is the whole reason why I'm in the low carbohydrate space to begin with. So be sure to rate and review this podcast, the Ketones and Coffee with Lawrence podcast. Lawrence was an absolutely awesome host and we are going to be hosting him on our podcast very soon. So be on the lookout for that. Without further ado, enjoy this, my appearance on the Ketones and Coffee with Lawrence podcast. Hey guys, this is Lawrence. Welcome back to the Ketones and Coffee Podcast. And thank you so much for tuning in. I know everyone here that's listening are here because you want to create a sustainable, healthy lifestyle through the ketogenic diet. And every single week, I try to bring in guests that not only has knowledge, but these individuals have also been through the same trials that we all have been through when it comes down to our search for a better health. We get together in hopes to assist you on your own journey. I'm so excited for this, guys. Stick around because our guest today is a lifestyle coach and a personal trainer. He specializes in low-carbohydrate lifestyle, including ketogenic and carnivore diets. Along with his wife, they created Boundless Body, where they help people how to achieve their best lifestyle through movement, lifestyle management, and proper diet. He is also the host of the show Boundless Body Radio, where he interviews guests about their health, fitness, and everything in between. I'm so excited for this. I'm here with Coach Casey Ruff. Coach, welcome to the show, man. Lawrence, it's such an honor to be here. I really love your podcast. Awesome, man. Man, like uh, you're, thank you so much for coming on. First of all, I really appreciate you uh, being here today and taking some time, man. Um, You're one of those people that when you heard speak on their podcast, their energy is just contagious. Well, it's, um, <laughs> thank you. I, I really appreciate that. But it, it's hard not to get super excited about this stuff, mm. isn't it? I mean, I think yeah. about your story and your journey through mental health. Why would you not want to shout that yeah. from the rooftops with so many people that are suffering with mental health these days? Just such yeah. an important message. So it's, I think it's easy for us to be like really energetic about it. Plus we're full of, of coffee and ketones. So that helps. <laughs> thank you so much, man. I appreciate that, man. Um, absolutely. We, we have to really talk about that. We have to tell our story because sometimes that's the only way to get through people too right with our own stories and and with with all this mis- misinformation around it and it's unfortunate we, there there's still a lot out there and i i think i've heard so many that uh, i've i've learned how to you know uh, focus on what i'm working on and focus on what it what the lifestyle did for me and what it's doing to other people right so i think it's pretty cool to what you're doing man and we'll we'll get jump right to it right now and um just happy to have you on i have a feeling that this interview will just flow man i, I have a feeling um, Absolutely. 
if you're listening to this right now, uh, there will be a link to the description to uh, Boundless Body Radio. You can also check that out where, when it, wherever you listen to your podcast. So let's dive in. So let's get into your story here. I'd like to give our listeners some context about how it all started for you. Um, because I, I believe, you know, for me, when I transition in this in this lifestyle, in my opinion, you know, that transition makes all the difference. Um, you know, we're conditioned into thinking a certain way, and um, how we consume our food nowadays has changed. It's so changed so much. The landscape has changed. It's so easy to grab things now, and uh, with you know all this technology advancement, it's in, in that sense, it's it's so easy to get lost. You know, in these environments, it's, it's and we all navigate through these environments the same way. And so it's so easy to let ourselves go in these environments. So that's why I love having you here. And, um, you know, I believe that I understand that you're a trainer, also a lifestyle coach. Um, I'm sure we're going to learn a lot from your story today. Hopefully take something from it and apply it to our own life. So you were first an endurance athlete, right? Yeah, that's right. So mm-hmm. I have a background in playing ice hockey, but also mm-hmm. cycling, uh, mm-hmm. road cycling and such. And so I did get into endurance sport. And mm-hmm. with that came an interest in fitness and nutrition and that kind of thing. And, you know, when I was in college, I was studying to do architecture, which I thought would be my career. But one off season for cycling, I, des- I decided to join a local gym. And just watching mm-hmm. the personal trainers just looked like a lot of fun. It looked like they were really engaging their people. They were also using heart rate monitors, which I had mm-hmm. been using mm-hmm. for several years, which is very interesting. And so I ended up kind of shifting paths and I I decided to go in and figure out what I needed to do to become a personal trainer and I studied for a few months and passed a few tests and got some certifications Mm -hmm. and became a trainer in 2007. It was March of 2007. And it wasn't long after that that I learned how to use another piece of equipment that our gym had that was a metabolic cart. So essentially what we could do is we could hook up a computer to a little box and this box would be um, kind of tethered with an umbilical cord that would go to a mask that somebody would be wearing. And based on their Mm -hmm. breathing, we could tell them all about the calories that they were burning, not only how many calories that they were burning and also things that athletes find interesting, like VO two max, we could measure, Mm. um, but also things like resting metabolic rate. And we could learn about how somebody was oxidizing their calories, whether they were burning Mm. more fat or more carbohydrate, carbohydrate. And so being able to, to use a metabolic cart for over a decade, really kind of, you know, was my path to understanding how human metabolism really works. Mm. And you've helped people understand this uh, heart monitor to better their lives, and and that's and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This has start has sparked the um, your 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 interest within you know starting your own personal training journey, and and now you know helping a lot of people do the same. So yeah, can, can, yeah. can you tell us a little bit about that story about that heart rate monitor um, and what that means, and um, you know. Because I mean, I, I want to learn this myself. I, I think not many of us know how to properly use a heart monitor, and sure. I always, you know, just thought that it's very cool feature in your smartwatch. First of all, that's and right. Since, and since every smartwatch has uh, has 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 this feature, anyways, I think this is super interesting piece of uh, knowledge for for us to learn. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how how can we use that heart rate monitor to our advantage? Yeah, absolutely. And so when we were doing the metabolic testing, especially initially Mm -hmm. back, you know, in 2007, we were really only paying attention to calories. And we didn't really understand that you could actually manipulate how somebody uses their calories when they're either exercising or just at rest. 
And it's really the exercise where the heart rate monitor becomes uh, becomes such a cool tool. And and what we learned over time is that you can teach the body to burn higher and higher amounts of mm-hmm. fat by following your heart rate and making sure that you're keeping your heart rate in certain ranges. So what a lot of people don't realize about calorie burning is if you work harder your heart rate goes up higher, you are burning more total calories. That's totally fine. It's it's how we were able to measure all that to begin with because you're breathing more. The breathing more is simply a byproduct of burning more calories. But what most people didn't realize is like when you get your heart rate up very, very high, the calories that you burn are not coming from stored fat. They're generally speaking coming from the carbohydrate that we store in the bodies, which is a very small amount. And this is why like a lot of, you know, marathon runners and, and half marathon runners and Weekend warriors, if they go out and run too far or too hard and they don't carry with them, you know, the same kind of crap that I used to have to have, the goose and the gels and the sports drinks and all that sugar mm-hmm. to, to make up for all the sugar that you're burning, they understand that you'll bonk. You hit the wall, as they say, where you literally just run out of sugar energy to burn because, again, we don't mm-hmm. store that much of it. And so over time, we learned how to teach people how to train smarter, which is really leveraging lower heart rate ranges to teach the body to burn higher and higher amounts of fat. And, and you know, if this kind of testing equipment is pretty, um, it's pretty sophisticated and some places it's really expensive and hard to get to, but we really found that a lot of what we were learning correlated really nicely with the work of Dr. Phil Maffetone, who set his math MAF equation to be heart rate 180 minus your age. So for a lot of people who just want to get started and just want to start paying attention to their heart rate and want to use that to burn more fat, the best thing to do would be start at 180 minus your age, go to that heart rate range and spend most of your time training in that range. And the cool thing is, if you're paying attention to what we call your workload or the the actual amount of work that you're able to do, you can keep your heart rate at the same lower heart rate, which might feel easier than it should. But over time, your workloads will go up. Mm -hmm. So you should be able to keep your heart rate the same, but maybe now you're running versus you started walking or you're cycling faster or putting out a higher power output. And so for most people, if they're looking to take advantage of a heart rate monitor, that's simply what I would tell them to do is find out 180 minus your age, spend most of your times in that area in that zone, even if it feels really easy, because that's how your body's going to learn how to burn more fat, which I mean, really is what we all want, right? We all carry around too much fat and we want it gone. And so that would be a really nice way for people to use their heart rate monitors. Yeah, whether for for weight loss or for performance, both, you know, is is much needed. That's right. Um, Wow. So you've always been interested in in fitness, because I, I understand that you, you know you've you've cycled through much of high school as well, right? Yeah, that's right. So I, I want to know, like, how, have you always been? Have you always been interested in you know? Is is it just cycling or is it fitness in general? Fitness in general, yeah, that's a really good mm-hmm. question. I, I definitely wanted to maximize my performance mm-hmm. cycling, and back when I was mm-hmm. racing, we were following all the standard advice. And again, we were we were you know taking in lots of sugar, eating lots mm-hmm. of sugar. Your diet was yeah. full of whole grains and fruits and vegetables and all that stuff that we were yeah. you know told was healthy. And I just couldn't understand why you know my energy was always really terrible. I had to eat all the time. I needed to take a nap every single day, mm-hmm. um, and my stomach always hurt. You know, you're taking in all this sugary mm-hmm. stuff to keep your 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 glucose high. And, and, and keep your energy up. And it just, I don't know, it just was really uncomfortable. And again, with using these metabolic carts, 
we never understood initially that we could actually manipulate people's yeah. fat burning capacity by changing the diet. It was really a call that we did with um, a, a coach that worked for a different company back in 2012, mm -hmm. where he was talking about his endurance athletes and saying that his endurance athletes were eating bacon and cream and butter, and they were doing like world-class triathlons, so very long endurance and competing with the very best in the world and only eating like mm -hmm. 60 or 70 calories an hour. And I was like, what are you talking about? This is absolutely bananas. Yeah. And he was showing us that he could manipulate the fat burning curve that we would see when we did these metabolic tests to be much higher. So if you came in and you were burning, let's say like 80% of your calories from sugar at your ideal heart rate range over mm -hmm. time, not only with the training, but also with the nutrition, we could flip that to where you are now burning 80% of your fat calories, of your calories from fat versus burning out all of your calories from sugar. And the cool thing is we're very limited in the amount of, of car uh, yeah, carbohydrates that we can store, like we said earlier, but we have, even if you're very lean, tens of thousands of calories of energy in stored fat. And again, that could be if you're very lean. If you're overweight or obese, that number is going to be 200,000. 300,000, mm. 400,000, you have so much energy on the body that you can burn. It's just learning about how to mm. get your body into that state so that you can do that more effectively. And this is how I eventually found low carbohydrate mm. and ketogenic diets. Yeah. It was for no other reason than that we were just mm. getting such great results using these metabolic carts, mm. teaching people how to burn fat. It was so much easier than trying to count calories or again, mm. taking all those things to keep blood sugar high. You don't need any of that if you can teach your body to burn fat as fuel mm, if we can just teach that to everybody that would be wonderful if because a, a lot of people a lot of people because it, it's so easy to brush off too right when when, when i heard of keto in in the for, for the first time um because when i first heard of keto i i didn't actually went keto it took me a couple of years to to really dive in and and really learn about what it actually is but for you um it must be you you must be in disbelief at this point like somebody talking to you about um some other diet that you know because you you've you've known you've been conditioned to think that oh glucose is the only way to fuel your body and you've you've done that for so many years you've been you've been an athlete for so many years um that this piece of information can be you know i because I, I correct me if I'm wrong, I find this very fascinating when uh, a perfectly, you know, uh, per perfectly healthy individual is curious enough to dive into a lifestyle so, so different, right? Even more fascinating for an endurance athlete that, or and a personal trainer like yourself, because there's so many layers to it too. Because I want to, I want to peel the layers uh, for our listeners because. Sometimes ego stops uh, a person, right? Whether it's you know identity that they built around this lifestyle. Uh, we talk about this, uh, you know, from previous episodes that you know this could be some you know um, ego for one, right? Or people just uh, standing their ground because that's what they've been taught in school yeah. to to learn, right? Yeah. And ex explain how this happened and how you were introduced to this low carb lifestyle. Um, what what's your reaction at at the time and how how long did it take you to really dive into like learning the lifestyle yeah, sure. Okay. That's another really great question. I, I'm going to steal this from Nina Teichels. Um, mm -hmm. She's the author of the book, The Big Fat Surprise. And she took 10 years to write that book. And she talked about the process of writing the book and saying like, 
I can't, I can't be right about this. I must have something wrong. There's no way that the government and the American Heart Association and the Diabetes Association, all these cholesterol guidelines, everything that everybody's saying to do, there's no way that all of them could be wrong. There's no way. And yet, through writing that book, she did learn that the, all these people, all this advice that we've been given is dead wrong and it doesn't help people. And so learning about low carbohydrate was simply, for me, like doing what was working for my clients. I didn't care whether they were eating vegetables or eating steaks or, you know, mm. if they eat leaves on a tree, it didn't matter to me. I just, people were paying me to help them, you know, lose fat, yeah. feel better. And, you know, you asked about the transition period. It took, it took a long time. It took several years. Um, you know, coming across the work of Nino Teichel's back in 2014 was a really big um, kind of step in my journey and learning about how, you know, all of these different guidelines are not based on any kind of science. It was another few years later um, that we were at the gym and we were doing weight loss contests with people. So every mm. every three months, we were told we had to do a weight loss content for, for contest for 60 days. People would sign up, they would pay a lot of money, they might buy sessions or whatever, and we were working on commission, and so we had sales goals, we had to sign up so many people to do these weight loss contests, and we would give them the big packet with all the recipes, and 100 recipes, and these shopping lists with like all these fruits and, and vegetables and all these ingredients, and we'd you know, give them the workout plans and say, okay, go to the store, buy all these meals, buy all these snacks, prepare all your food, and people would be really motivated you know, starting this contest, but without fail, as they were going through the weeks of this contest, we would stop seeing them after two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, because they couldn't maintain it. It wasn't working. And they would end up throwing away all their food at the end of the week. They would get so exacerbated with everything that they would go back to eating standard American. Yet mm. we knew that in the next three months, another contest was going to be started and we'd have to find more people and more people and more people to put through this program. And it was, it was very frustrating because we weren't getting great results. Um, and so it, it happened back in 2018 to where we had somebody that signed up with us in this weight loss contest. Um, I listened to the things they were eating in the diet and it was, you know, the kind of person who's waking up in the middle of the night to eat cold cereal and, you know, very much carbohydrate addicted, wanted to lose 20 or 25 pounds. And I just said like, okay, this is great. Like, let's start with giving you more fat. Just, you don't have any fat in your diet right now. At that time in 2018, I was well on my way personally into low carbohydrate and knew that worked for me. Um, Mm -hmm. But now I was able to kind of start to recommend it a little bit more. And I just said, go get more fat. So this guy goes and starts eating a lot of fat. He comes back to me like two or three days later and he says, okay, I just lost a pound and a half and I feel amazing. Tell me about mm -hmm. this keto stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, that's great. And I don't know enough about <laughs> this keto stuff to be able to tell you. So I'm going to have to learn this with you. And I went off and learned and that really started my obsession yeah. with learning about low carbohydrate diets so I could help my people. Mm -hmm. And what I learned was absolutely staggering. You can make people yeah. lose tons of fat and feel great and never be hungry and fix yeah. all kinds of other issues that they have and and do it very easily, especially compared to what we were doing before. So my wife and I, when we were back at the gym and forced to do these weight loss contests, we just changed our approach. Anybody who signed up with us knew that they were going to get separate meal plans that we made. They were all low-carbohydrate meal plans, and we gave them to our people. We did some seminars to kind of teach them what to do, and the results were absolutely crazy. We learned by doing this for so many times and tracking people's weight and body fat percentage. Mm -hmm. Across the board, you could get somebody to lose 
fat Mm -hmm. in an insanely fast way that they wouldn't necessarily regain. And so again, for us, it was just like, we're doing this because it's working. And frankly, Mm -hmm. to this day, I can't find many people that this diet does not work for as long as they set it up correctly. (laughs) We always kind of have that caveat of like, yeah, maybe it's not the best diet for everybody. And maybe it's not, but I've yet to find the person that this doesn't work for at some level. Yeah, um, for you not, for you to not only share it, but to also get certified too, and and put yourself out there. For me, that's taking it to another level because it, it must be a risk for you too, starting it with with your business and implementing it to your business and embracing whatever comes with it too, right? Um, did you get any pushbacks at all? You, you know what? That? that that's a great question, and I'm very fortunate in that sense. Um, I don't have a college degree. I'm not a dietitian. I'm a certified nutritionist. And what that means is basically I've got a piece of paper that says that I know something about nutrition. But that said, I don't necessarily need to stick with the same standards that a registered dietitian would. And so for us, the risk is actually relatively low. With the gym that we were working at, we only had one of that corporate gym in our valley, in our state. Mm. And so nobody really knew what we were doing. We were kind of out on our own little island doing our own thing. Mm. And so we were able to fly under the radar. As long as people are getting good results, that was pretty great. And now what we do today, since the, Mm. the, you know, when the pandemic Mm. happened and our gym was forced to close down and we got placed Mm. on unemployment, when we started noticing that our clients' behaviors were changing and they were working out at home, Boundless Body was our solution to keep the business going. And we just started our own own thing. And so, yeah, like we're, we're fortunate in the sense that we're not the ones on the street corner yelling at everybody that they need to go keto, they need to do carnivore, but we are here to assist the people that do want to try that. And so as far as risk, we don't have a lot of risk. And I'm very fortunate to say that I, I really feel badly for people out there who learn about this message, but are still in the medical system and the challenges that they face and the pushbacks that yeah. they get can be really challenging. I mean, we just we just hosted uh, Dr. Gary Fetkin mm-hmm. and his wife, Belinda, not too long ago. And he went on trial for the things that he was saying. And he was just trying to get sugar out of hospitals. Like, give me a break. That's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. very fortunate that we don't have that same kind of risk. Wow. That's, uh, that's a huge uh, blow. I mean, do, do we know what happened to that? Yeah, so he was eventually um, found innocent, um, but it was it was four I want to say four and a half years that he was being mm-hmm. investigated, and his wife had to go out and do studies to help prove mm-hmm. that what he was saying was actually true. And in doing that, she uncovered all the information about the Seventh Day Adventist Church and their involvement in the nutritional guidelines, and all the things about John Harvey Kellogg and how the cereal industry was started. Uh, it, it's a crazy story. And eventually yeah. he retired because it was, you know, mm. just such a mess. But mm. yeah, he had to work really hard. And again, his yeah. whole thing was just trying to get sugar out of the hospital. Insane. Yeah. yeah. You know, my whole thing is, uh, Coach Casey, is um, how do I, how do I get this across easier to people who are fairly new to the diet? I, a, lot, a lot of people have heard of keto. Like for sure, you like. If if you're somebody you're on the internet you're gonna he- you're gonna hear about keto. Every everyone everyone that I know knows about keto, but how do, how do I? That that's my whole thing. Like 
how do I come up, push this across to people that they can understand? Because mo- for most of us, like when we first heard of keto, um, it's it's so easy to brush off because of its you know nature, right? It's obviously something that's very you know out of the ordinary, you know, to say the least, right? And we some 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 of us may be in disbelief. Like your your story about how you know endurance athletes were given bacon or butter to to fuel their training is when 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 you first heard hear of keto it's it's uh it's 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 something that's so different. It's, there's a lot of unlearning. There's a lot of education involved, and so. F- you know as a trainer as 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 somebody that's been doing this for so many years helping people understand you know the metabolic side of it what what in type of information what piece of information do you start people with like to so it it's easier to digest for them that is another really great question. So I would kind of go in maybe two directions with that person. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I would say that most people have heard of keto and they see it on a magazine cover at the grocery store and they think, oh, wow, this is the latest diet I've seen, you know, 10 different ones in the last 10 months that have different names on them. This is a fad. This is just a fad diet, right? It's a diet that nobody was talking about 10 years ago. Now everybody is It's just going to come and go. And so I would start by telling the person like keto and, and ketosis is our oldest human diet. And if you think back to our evolution, there is no chance we would have survived if we would have been living solely on plants and carbohydrates. We, we had to give that up millions of years ago and our bodies have adapted to being fat hunters and to, acquiring our calories primarily from proteins and fats and not carbohydrates. We are not set up anymore to have the same digestive system as our nearest relatives like a chimpanzee. We're totally different now. We had to compromise and do some different things, but we there's no way we could have survived without getting a majority of our calories from fats and proteins. In that sense, when somebody's doing a proper keto diet, we are doing our most evolutionary aligned diet that we could possibly come up with. So no keto is not a fad. It might be something that you've never heard of because you were born in this world where there is excessive amounts of calories and sugar and carbohydrates everywhere. And most people don't even stop and think like we could live where we live up north and walk into any store and buy a banana. 365 days out of the year. Nobody stops to consider how weird that is. That is very, very new. And and that's saying something about a banana. That says nothing about the soda store that's down the street from my house where literally the line of cars wraps around the building with people that are starving and need a pick-me-up at two in the afternoon. And they're taking on buckets and buckets of sugar. We have never seen that amount of sugar consumption until very, very recently in our evolution. So that would be one thing I might say. And another thing I might point out is is to, to talk about what somebody has done in the past to lose weight. When did you want to lose weight? Well, I wanted to lose weight. It was January. I had a New Year's resolution and I wanted to lose 20 pounds. 
awesome. Good for you. What did you do? Well, I signed up for the gym. I started counting my calories. I started running on the treadmill and it was great. I ended up losing weight. Wow. That's amazing. How long were you able to maintain that? And people normally say, well, after a few weeks, I got very tired. Um, I didn't want to go to the gym anymore. I was craving sugar like crazy. I, uh, all of a sudden, all the weight that I was losing was now plateauing. I either had to work out harder, which I didn't have the energy to do, or I was just uh, craving sugar all the time. And and mm-hmm. everybody, I think, can relate to that and understand that they've probably tried that multiple times in their life. So helping them understand that the way that you've done things in the past maybe hasn't worked and hasn't worked for pretty much everybody who's ever tried that. And maybe we should find a new approach. And I think once you point that out for people, they start to understand that it's not their fault. They're not, they're not, you know, they, they don't lack willpower because that didn't work for them. They were just following the wrong yeah. advice. And once you point that out, I think that can be very helpful. Man, I, I love where you took that because obviously you cannot argue how our, our bodies work because, you know, you're looking at historical evidence that we are not made to eat this way. Right, we are not made to eat, you know, what like fast food all the time. Like we, there, there, there's McDonald's everywhere in, in every corner of the city of your city. We're not made to eat this way. And if you look at how we were eating, you know, for thousands of years, we were only been eating this way fairly recently. And so, um, I think. You know, going that route is is absolutely something that people will absolutely understand, and anyone can understand that. Um, and then, you know, showing them the experience of you know how somebody you know may have lost the weight. It's experience. It's it's uh, it's somebody's success story, which is absolutely so easy to to digest for somebody. Because how can you explain somebody losing that much weight and still being um, you know, a healthy individual, because for some people, when they, when they see somebody losing weight in a short period of amount of time, they'll think unhealthy. They're like, oh, that that must be unsafe, right? That that's where people they that's where you know people you know that's where their brain naturally goes. Like, oh, that that must be unsafe. Like for somebody to lose two hundred pounds in a year, that must be unsafe. So, um, I think learning about how to fuel our body and how we can. And where do those fuel source come from is how we can understand how that person was able to lose that weight in such a short period of amount of time. I think that 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 one piece of information is really key to understanding, you know, the ketogenic diet, yeah. the low carb diets of the world, right? Yeah. How are we fueling the body? Where is it coming from? How do we how do we become a more uh, efficient fat burning? Uh, you know, we 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 are supposed to burn fat, right? Like like you said, like like you talked about, you know, in just it, that's just facts. Um, yeah, for me, because learning about you know how can we can fuel the body made sense to me in the beginning too. Like I I I was making sense of things, and as I you know I started my podcast wanting to learn more about other people because you know stuff that I found found in the internet is you know mostly you know saying it's 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 this and that and i wanted to learn more about you know the success of how people are doing this diet 
and, and thriving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's absolutely amazing, man. Um, so you talked about uh, calories. You know that person that's uh, on the uh, negative caloric balance, right? Um, yeah. Negative caloric balance. Why should we focus less on calories? Great, great, great question. Just as you were setting that up, I was thinking, again, back to my work with the metabolic hearts. And so we talked about heart rate training and how we can use that to help our exercise be better for fat burning. But the other test that we did was called a resting metabolic rate test. And so what we would do is we would take somebody, rather than put them on a treadmill or a bike, we would take them into a dark office, put them in a really comfortable chair, and have them lay down for about 20 or 30 minutes. And we would run the same machine. So now what we're measuring is the baseline metabolism. How many calories do you need just to be alive, to sit in this chair for 20, 30 minutes? Once we get the good data, we extrapolate it out to 24 hours so that you know how many calories you need to be alive. And what we learned over time, we were coached to tell people, like if your resting metabolic rate is 1,500 calories, you really don't want to eat any less than about 1,500 calories because if you start eating 1,400 or 1,300 or 1,200, well, your body is going to make adjustments to that. It's going to reduce its own metabolic rate. And we saw that time and time again for people that did calorie restricted diets, it would be very repeatable, very predictable that their resting metabolic rate could be hundreds of calories mm. lower than what it should have mm. been. And there's been some really great studies done even on the biggest loser contestants where they checked a cohort of people who did the biggest loser. And even six years later, not only had most people gained a significant amount of their weight back, but their metabolic rates, the number of calories that they needed to be alive to burn mm. was still hundreds, 600 calories, I want to say, lower than the average mm. of what it should have been when they started the test. So that's the kind of bummer of things. Like if you go out and you start counting calories and you want to do that as a way to burn calories and lose weight, the, the, the problems you're going to have is that yes, you're going to lose a little bit of weight. That weight loss is going to be temporary. You're going to lose other things, not just fat. You're going to lose water weight. You're going to lose muscle eventually, and your metabolic rate will be declining. And when it declines, what you're going to notice is that you're going to feel lethargic. Your cravings are going to go up. You're going to literally start getting cold, especially in your extremities, your hands and feet, as the body is preserving you know, the fat mass around the midsection to help insulate the organs. But you, it, calories are a form of heat. And so you're literally teaching yourself to a word that you mentioned earlier is efficiency. You're teaching yourself to be efficient mm -hmm. with calories, which that sounds like a good thing. But if you have weight to lose, that's actually a really bad thing. We want you to be inefficient with calories. So here again, as, as keto got popular, low carbohydrate diets got popular, and especially when fasting got popular, what would happen is people would come in to do this test and their metabolism wouldn't be low. It wouldn't be normal. We would have people come in where they were burning 400, 500, 600 calories higher than what they should have been burning based on averages. And we would say to these people who were doing fasting and doing low carbohydrate, like, wow, like you're actually burning a lot of calories. We see that most of these calories are actually being burned from fat. This is fantastic. But now, again, you need to go out and eat more calories than your resting metabolic rate, which again, this might be 2,600 calories. And people would look at us, and I'll never forget one guy. His, his metabolic rate should have been 2,000 calories. He had just started doing intermittent fasting. His resting metabolic rate was 2,600 calories. And he looked at me, and he said, dude, like, what do you want me to eat? Like, If I eat steak and eggs, I can't get to 2,600 calories. 
I, what am I going to do? And I kept thinking like, wow, this guy's doing so good. He's getting such great results, but how are we not going to crash his metabolism? And it was really the work of Dr. Jason Fung and the obesity code that helped me understand that when you have those stored fat calories, like we said earlier, you now have this enormous reservoir of energy in the form of calories that the body can burn off as, as energy. And so all of a sudden where you were eating all of the calories that you need, your body is now remembering like, here is the food that we ate last year and the year before. And here's a sandwich from 2019. And here's a bowl of spaghetti from 2020. Like let's, once you're in the right state, the body starts burning that off. And you, you talked a little bit about how quickly people can lose weight on in ketosis on, on, you know, fat burning. And I'm telling you, we've seen the same thing across the board. People can lose tremendous amounts of weight in a really short period of time in a very, very safe way. And when we measure these people and look at their weight, not only their weight, but actual their body fat percentage and their muscle mass, they lose fat period. They don't lose skeletal muscle mass. The body has other ways to maintain its muscle in that state, and it will just tear through fat. And people can lose three, four, five pounds a week. I see it all the time. It's amazing. And it's perfectly safe. And and for most people, I would argue it's relatively easy to do. You just need to be willing to go through the process. Wow. Yeah, man. Like when I see those success stories, just Man, I, I'm so happy for them that they found it because there's a lot of people that's still resisting this because of whatever reason. Maybe somebody told them of keto that, you know, maybe some lie about it or um, they can't break the barriers of, you know, people just um, a lot of people are bashing what this lifestyle is. Let, let's let's tell how it is. Um, we, we are afraid of what other people might say our family or our friends uh, and I certainly am not you know um you know I I've, I've certainly experienced so many uh pushback on about this lifestyle and um that that's just how it is and it, it comes with it um but that's why I'm so happy for people that are actually living the lifestyle not caring about what other people think only caring about how they feel and how they're impacting other people around them is 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 why I want people to not be afraid and talk about your story or whatever it is you know you you're you're absolutely going to help somebody out there that's maybe you know can resonate with where you're coming from right um yeah can I just say something on that note while we're on yeah. the topic this is hilarious okay what's this would be hilarious if it didn't impact a lot of people and their actual lives. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem is we have powers that be governments and plant-based companies and the medical system and the pharmaceutical system that can't have people know about this here at keto salt Lake. A few months ago, Ken Berry came on the stage and said like weight watchers and Jenny Craig and all of these people, they are scared to death of you because you are figuring out how to do this in a way that you're out of the system. People aren't making money off of you if you start this lifestyle. And it's the headlines. It's, it's the headlines that come from those people that really are designed to confuse people. And they're very effective. And so I was just looking at this. This is, I think it's called the U.S. News, mm -hmm. and this is every year they come up with a list of the best diets. And this is a panel, quote-unquote, panel of experts. Mm -hmm. They're mostly plant-based. A lot of them have industry ties and get funding from industry. This is their list. I'll just go through a few of these. Mm -hmm. The number one best diet is the Mediterranean diet, which, first of all, the Mediterranean diet, there's 
many different diets around the Mediterranean. The quote-unquote Mediterranean diet was an invention in the 1990s to get people to to drink olive oil that helped the olive oil convention, okay? So that would that's like a the Mediterranean diet is a term. It's not like where people eat in the Mediterranean. That varies widely. Number 5 is the volumetrics diet. Have you ever heard of that? Mm. No. The fifth base. That's that's a fifth based one. Number 13 was the Asian diet. They just say Asian diet. Like, okay, like what part of Asia? Asia is massive. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, the biggest loser diet was 20th, which we already talked about will destroy somebody's metabolism. Nutrisystem was 24th. Slim fast. Come on. Slim fast was 26th. The keto and modified keto diets tied for 37th out of 40. And one of the only ones that we beat out that took 39th is called the Dukin diet. Again, have you ever heard of that? What What is the Dukin diet? Yeah. It's ridiculous. And the problem is somebody who sees keto and sees somebody thriving on keto is going to go, wow, like I should maybe do some research on this. They're going to type that in. This list yeah. of diets is going to pop up. They're going to see that ketos are the very last and all these doctors were the ones that came up with it. So it's like, wow, good. Thank, thank goodness for these guys. I would have had a heart attack if I would have eaten that keto way. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's so sad. And so you're absolutely right. And I, this is why I love podcasts like yours. You're bringing this to people's awareness. And we're helping to educate people mm. by saying, like, this is not based on science. You can do this very well. We're going to show you how and give you some good tips and tricks, but you don't need to be afraid. And once you understand where that information is coming from, it's really scary and it's really unfortunate. A lot of people get sick and die because of this. Mm. Yeah, and um, it's it's uh, it's it's a shame. It's a it's a it's unfortunate that people do this for their own pockets right um it's uh it's 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 their bottom line that's uh that's going to be affected if this ever comes to mainstream like it's already mainstream but they're still putting out con um um you know they're still putting out content against keto so it it, it so they make sure it never happens um yeah uh, that's why we have a lot of work to do uh coach and uh we we have to continue talking about this and having people on the show having people like you on my show will only help that cause um yeah man um is there is there a best way to teach our body to burn fat in the beginning like since we we're you know transitioning uh in from the standard American diet to to this new lifestyle, is there a way, or what what's your way into teaching your clients to burning their fat in the beginning? Yeah, man, that what a great question. I love that question. I love um, exploring this, and I love learning. I'd love to learn to hear what you would have to say about this. But if I go back, if I go back to the example of like literally the line of cars that's wrapping around the soda shop building. When I Google what the most popular times that that soda shop is, you know, you know, being used with the, like the busiest times, the, it, the funny thing is it's not lunch or dinner. It's two or three hours after both lunch and dinner. So it's really popular around two or three, and it's really popular around seven or eight. And you just have to stop and wonder, like, why would a soda store be so popular, presumably two or three hours after somebody has eaten a full meal? And I think the problem with high carbohydrate in the standard American diets are that they never really accomplish what I would consider to be satiety. I think it's easy to get full 
control with some of the things that we eat. And even that could be, you know, quote unquote, what people would say is like healthy things, like maybe a salad with some chicken in it or something. Like if you had that for lunch, you think about the last time you had a chicken salad for lunch and you ate it and you said, okay, my stomach is satisfied. If you really think back, I'm willing to bet that two or three hours later, you were starving, starving, hangry, hanging out in the break room, looking for something to pick me up, looking for more sugar to give you that kind of hit so that you can get through the rest of your day. And so I think that is the unintended consequence of what happens to us when we remove fat from the diet as an energy source, we have to replace it. And we went on that experiment where we replaced the fat calories with all of these carbohydrate calories. And now we're on this wicked blood sugar roller coaster ride up and down because we're eating food that gets in our body really quickly. It gets put away as and in storage by insulin. We get a blood sugar crash and now we need to be eating all the time. Mm. So what I have found to be really successful for most people when they're getting started is to just help people understand that it's okay to reintroduce fat into the diet. And I like people to start there. And I like people to start with whatever fat sources they can possibly get into the diet, as long as it's not coming from vegetable oils and seed oils. But to think like, hey, if you like avocados, eat as many avocados as you can. If you like eggs, have as many eggs as you possibly can. Don't eat five eggs if you think you can eat six eggs. Like have a steak, put some butter on that steak. Whatever it is to help get fat back in the diet, I think is really the first step because I think the biggest problem for most people is they're super hungry all the time. And that hunger is like vicious hunger. It's like hangry. It's craving sugar in a wicked, wicked way. And once we mellow that out, by adding more fat in the diet, I think people start to settle out and then you can start to refine things over time. Yes. Yes. It's kind of why like, I like people like in the beginning, if they want to do fat bombs or they want to right. you know, make a lot of like chocolatey things with mm-hmm. like, like coconut oil, like mm-hmm. I'm okay with that in the beginning. I'm probably not going to be you know, really yeah. stoked if they keep them in for a long time, but at least that will get somebody off of the carbohydrates and off of the sugar mm-hmm. and get them to be feeling satiated. Yeah. I think for some people, like the first time in their lives, yeah, yeah. Get them satiated. I love that. Yeah, for me too. Like, uh, absolutely. In the beginning, when you're transitioning into keto, it's important to, um, you know, put some, yeah, put some fat in, in your diet because you've been you've been so depri- deprived of fat, and um, that will keep your body satiated for a long period of time. And then as you as your goal start to as you transition, maybe within uh, a month or so. You can reduce that uh, fat, so you so your body can start using that uh, fat storage. Um, definitely, wow! Thank you so much for answering that. Um, did we miss anything um, before we uh, before we conclude here, uh, Coach Casey? Man, I don't think so. This has been a really fun conversation, and I, I really hope it does help people out there who are confused. Mm-hmm. I just know, like, again, if you've tried stuff in the past, if you've been sold personal training packages and meal plans and spent a bunch of money and were told you needed to track stuff and count your calories and all this stuff and it didn't work, I just want, I, I want to tell you as a listener, like, just, just know it, it's not your fault. It doesn't work for everybody across the board. We need to get you better advice. And and this way of lifestyle is the only way that I've ever found that you can get somebody to lose fat nearly effortlessly and, and, And then it's like, 
then the weird things start happening. It's like, wow, I used to get rashes and now I don't get rashes anymore. Yeah. My bones used to pop and now they don't anymore. Or like now I can go on walks and enjoy sunlight and I don't get sunburned anymore. Like it's really quite amazing what mm -hmm. the human body is mm -hmm. capable of when you get it in its proper state. And the, the worst thing we could do is follow a standard American diet that, that fills our body with vegetable oils and grains and all of this sugar. The body just does not work properly when we do that. But it is amazing to see the things that happen when we do give it the right fuel. And I would just encourage somebody if they are curious about trying this, it will, it will be easier than you think. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. sugar cravings will go away eventually. And you will mm -hmm. think one day you'll think back at the time that you didn't feel good and you had crappy energy and needed naps all the time. You'll, you won't even recognize that person. You won't be willing to go back there. So that's, I, that's what I would leave with the listener. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I can I can second that because I, I've had chronic back pain for years and been going to the chiropractor for many, many years and uh, they they weren't able to fix my problem. So um a, a, a few a few weeks into carnivore and then oh to keto and then when I transitioned to carnivore, uh my back pain went away. So That's amazing. Um, I'm I'm gonna link everything down below for uh, for Coach Casey. Coach Casey, where, where can they, where, where can people find you? Yeah, so the easiest place is just on our website, which is myboundlessbody.com. That's kind of the hub of all of the different resources that we offer, and so you'll find the podcast there. You'll find our blog and monthly newsletter there, um, and also right on the very first page, one of the first things you see will be a book now button. That's to set up a free thirty minute consultation, and really anybody around the world is more than wel welcome to click that button and set up a consultation where we can talk about anything really. If you want to talk about ketogenic diet or workout programs or anything else that you want to discuss lifestyle wise, we're more than happy to do that and help answer some questions so that you mm -hmm. can do this in a way that you're not confused. So anybody can do that. Like I said, mm -hmm. free 30 minute consultation, but best place to find all of that is myboundlessbody.com. Man, I would, I would re-listen uh, back to this, you know, in case I missed something, man, I, I would, I would take my notes out and make sure that I didn't miss anything too as well. Uh, Coach Casey, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, you know, taking some time to share your story here today with my listeners and uh, can't wait to be on your show. Yeah, man, that's coming uh, <laughs> up in a few weeks. We're so honored to host weeks. you and I, I really just, um, I'm, I'm very honored to be here and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the work that you're doing. You're doing man. such a great job sharing that message. And so, um, yeah, real honor. Thank you so much, sir. I appreciate that. So thank you again for listening to this bonus episode of my appearance on the Ketones and Coffee with Lawrence podcast, episode 93. Be sure to go and give them a rating and review on Apple. That really helps them get their message out to more people, which is such an amazing message. Lawrence is such a great host, like I said, and we, again, are going to be hosting him on our podcast very soon. So be on the lookout for that. Lawrence has an amazing story of ketogenic diets helping him with mental health, which I think is so amazing. And as always, if you are liking our show, please give us a rating and review on Apple as well. It really helps us spread this message far and wide. And thank you again for listening to Boundless Body Radio.